You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Podcast, brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether your corner stores, your coffee spots, or your favorite shops. Local businesses have been there on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is the fantastic Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Kate, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm ready to dive into week three. Very excited. We've got Thursday night football tonight. Uh, The matchup we've all been waiting for, the Miami (laughs) Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I mean it's football. I'm not going to complain, oh, right? No. And I'm sure like, we're going to get we're going to get a bunch of fantasy points that scored as well. Oh, I, I absolutely believe that. Um, I, I actually I did my uh, a piece on Roto World today about the the Thursday night preview, and thinking that preview through actually made me sort of appreciate this matchup a lot more than I would have. Like, how often do you have two really fun quarterbacks like this facing off against one another? Like. Fitzmagic and and Gardner Minshew are such a uh, interesting humans. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you said fun and not good because I would have got a little worried there. No, right? it's it's all about the fun, and you know what? So let's let's start off having some fun uh, talking about our dynasty leagues because all of us are in a pickle. Absolutely, and that's a that's a fantastic uh, transition. We're gonna go ahead and talk about some of the things we're the most uh, looking forward to seeing in week three. Um, and let's go ahead and start with Justin Herbert's second start, Kate. Uh, none of us were expecting him to be on the field against Kansas City, and certainly nobody expected him to play that well. Uh, he's going to get to start again this week with Tyrod Taylor being out. Um, what are you looking forward to seeing from Herbert in uh, week three? I think I'm interested to see sort of how he carries himself. Um, he had a great, great, great premiere. I was very impressed to see him play. Um looked just really composed like uh i would say he doesn't look like the the type of guy that was just uh told that he's going to be starting his first nfl game within five minutes he he really looked composed and cool calm collected something that i thought was really impressive about uh, joe burrow in his first start i want to see how justin herbert goes into this game knowing that he's the the actual guy I think uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see sort of the nerves because I there is sometimes a difference of, you know, you getting thrown into a situation versus mm-hmm. you preparing for a situation and, you know, having those butterflies throughout the week and maybe getting in your head a little bit. I'm just interested to, to see how he psychologically handles this game, uh, you know, coming off his first career game, which was a loss. Uh, I think the mental game, uh, mental aspect of this is going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I would love to see the Chargers just allow him to to be aggressive, right? I know Anthony Lynn likes to play a ball control style of offense, and that's why he brought Tyrod Taylor in, right, is to to, to be protective with the football and don't make up a ton of turnovers. But um, I, let Herbert cook, right? Let him <laughs> throw the ball. 
35, 40 times a game. I just thought the offense functioned way better last week with Keenan Allen catching seven passes for 96 yards. It looked like he was finally getting into a rhythm. Uh, Hunter Henry even looked really good. So please, Anthony Lynn, let Justin Herbert cook. Yeah, um, they, the next, they look so ahead. explosive. Yeah, and that's the thing is it looked like an offense that was actually kind of dangerous, and that's what we think that the, the Chargers offense can be. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some other things that we're, we're excited to see this week. Um, and let's start with the 49ers backfield. We know how valuable that backfield is. Uh, last last week, Raheem Mostart uh, had an 80-yard run to start the game. Uh, he was super productive before he got injured. Um, Tevin Coleman's out this week. So that means Jarek McKinnon is going to get to start for the first time in, I don't even know how long was it, 2018, the last time we saw him start, 2017? I think it was 2017. Uh, wh- 2017. What are you expecting from McKinnon in this game? I am respecting him or expecting him to be involved as a receiver. Uh, I was really excited to see his usage in game one. Uh, came out, saw five targets in his first game returning from injury. I am sort of intrigued to see how he handles the workload, right? I I don't I, I want to see how far the 49ers feel comfortable pushing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, see how how comfortable they really feel with this injury. I think this game's going to tell us a lot. Uh, but I'm also really intrigued to see how Jeff Wilson uh, will yeah. make his way into the mix because though he's not been a, a fantasy-relevant guy, he has been sort of a, a touchdown sniper through the years. And uh, he's had uh, last season four touchdowns. And like that, that does sometimes make a difference in your fantasy leagues, uh, whether it be uh, hurtful against you or whether or not you needed to pick him up on, on waivers last minute and stream him and he happened to get a score like mm-hmm. it makes a difference and i i'm just intrigued to see how they'll uh, work him into the mix because he's never seen more than 66 rushing attempts on a season but they might need to get him more involved that's a good one also jamichael hasty um a guy that a lot of people like from baylor an undrafted rookie free agent uh, was pulled up from the practice squad this week maybe he gets some touches I- i'm just curious to see um how he looks with the 49ers a couple more things before we move on. Um, let's talk about the Rams' backfield. Uh, week one, it was Malcolm Brown. Week two, it was Darrell Henderson. Kate, what are you expecting in week three from the Rams going against a good Buffalo defense? I'm expecting it to be the, the Darrell Henderson show. Um, I actually was really impressed with what I saw last week. Uh, he looked uh, absolutely explosive, and he's the type of back that I, I think we just needed to see maybe that initial spark from before we uh, – threw ourselves in but he hasn't really had that opportunity to show us much he just hadn't seen many carries um last last year was was banged up but uh let's not forget that the rams did trade trade some draft capital to move up Mm -hmm. and and take henderson uh last season he was a third round pick so yes drafted behind cam Akers uh in draft order but he they they utilized basically two third round picks to get him so I think he's interesting, and I think that uh, he definitely could be an asset, especially as a receiver. Uh, but I'm not as scared of, of this Buffalo defense as uh, maybe we have in in years past, at least not against the run. 
Yeah, they have some linebackers that are banged up. Tremaine Emmons is, uh, he missed last week. I think he did practice on Wednesday. Uh, Matt Milano missed last week. I think he's expected to be back, but um, that is something to pay attention to. That Buffalo defense has been pretty good against the run historically, uh, but we'll see what they could do against this Rams team who really challenge you challenges you in different ways on the ground. Um, the last thing that I want to bring up that, that I'm looking forward to seeing at least is this Bears passing offense. Uh, they get the juiciest of juiciest matchups this week against the Atlanta Falcons, who um, probably couldn't stop you and I if we went out of the field and started running routes. Uh, Dak Prescott threw for 450 yards. Russell Wilson carved them up in week one. Uh, we'll see what Mitch Trubisky and his weapons do. Allen Robinson has struggled a little bit to start the season. Um, you expected he'll have a big day. Anthony Miller was shut out in week two despite a pretty good matchup. Um, so we'll, we'll see we'll see what they can uh, what they can accomplish in this game against the Falcons. And you know you got to believe that Atlanta's going to have a little bit of a hangover after last week and <laughs> you know winning that game for every single second until the final one. Um, but what are you expecting from this Bears offense against arguably the worst defense in the NFL? I think this should be a, a nice challenge for for Mitch Trubisky, even though nothing should really be a challenge for him uh, <laughs> moving uh, against this sort of defense. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can sort of sustain this starting the season 2-0. and oh, I don't think any of us would have projected that based off of what we saw last season. It has faced some, some soft defenses, and he's found plenty of success there. Um, you know, in his first two games of the season, uh, he's he's gotten the run game going just a little bit. Seven seven rushing attempts, forty two yards. You love some of that. Mm -hmm. And as a passer, he hasn't looked terrible. Um, <laughs> You're being very nice, by the way. <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't looked absolutely horrific. Um, Correct. Yes. But you know, for fantasy purposes, that doesn't always matter. Um, you nope. know, we've seen. Mitch Trubisky perform as a quarterback one in the right matchups. We saw it week one. Um, you know, he's averaged 216 yards a game so far in the season, a 7.8% touchdown rate. Like what? I, yeah. It's it's definitely intriguing. I think, you know, anywhere I have uh, Mitch Trubisky that, you know, I don't have one of those clear-cut starters, uh, like a Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson, uh, or somebody like that, I'm going to try to fit him into my lineup because I think uh, between the, the rushing ability that we've seen and uh, his performance against softer defenses so far, I'm kind of intrigued. Are you buying into that at all? Yeah, I mean, I have. I mean, I feel ashamed in saying this, but I have <laughs> Mitch Trubisky in almost every single league because, you know, when you're, you're in a draft or you're trying to make a trade for him, you know, people laugh about him because, you know, of some of the, you know, some of the games he's had. But listen, anytime he starts, he's almost always a, a QB one for fantasy because of the rushing ability and because uh, they will throw the ball so much and because he does have some talent at receiver. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm buying into him. I expect a huge week from him in week three. Would it be shocking if he finishes as a top five fantasy quarterback this week? Absolutely not. So, I'm buying that Trubisky is going to have a, a big game this week. Um, let's pause so I can tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. 
The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did, you, how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Okay, Kate, so typically in my dynasty leagues at least, and please feel free to, to chime in, but um, I don't. you don't see a ton of trading after week one just because you know, teams and owners want to hold on to their players and see how they perform, you know, over the next couple of weeks. But after week two, if we see two bad performances or two performance, two performances that were um, maybe less great than expected, owners do get a little bit antsy. Um, and so today we have a few buy low candidates. And the first one I want to start with is Michael Gallup. Uh, in the first two games of the season, uh, he's been held under 60 yards in each of those games for the Cowboys. Um, it's pretty clear that CeeDee Lamb is going to have a big role in this offense after having 100 yards in week two. Um, are you buying low on Michael Gallup? I think it's definitely an, an intriguing option. If you were buying into uh, you know, the, the Blake Jarwin hype or uh, any, of, any of the hype around pass catchers that were not uh, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb going into the season, you have to believe that we're going to see a bounce back from Michael Gallup, if if Dak continues to throw at this rate, um, you know, I know he, he has a history of liking the tight end position, but he has a, a pretty significant history of liking Michael Gallup and targeting mm-hmm. him heavily. I think uh, they just have to maybe try, you know, make a point to get him more involved. Um, but th- this is a guy that had, uh, what, 1,100 rushing yards in his uh, second NFL season. He's not – he's not uh, – hot heart gog oh my gosh i can't talk he is not hot garbage floating down the river Mm, he is uh he is a very talented wide receiver and uh you know the more talent that they've provided dak it uh and the more injuries they've had on defense the more they've needed to utilize those offensive weapons so i think there's definitely so much opportunity here and i'm i'm totally buying in and if you're not buying in on gallup as a cowboy uh, you need to buy it on Gallup as, as you know, a great dynasty asset who will maybe mm-hmm. have a future with another offense. Yeah, here's why I'm buying Michael Gallup, right? The Cowboys defense is not very good. So they're going to be forced to throw the ball a ton. You're going to see a lot of games like what we saw on Sunday against Atlanta where uh, Prescott's going to need to throw for 400 yards to keep the Cowboys competitive. Um, and also the touchdowns have been a little fluky for the Cowboys right now. Dak through two games has four rushing touchdowns. Uh, none of the receivers have a touchdown yet. Uh, it's pretty clear that Michael Gallup is the preferred target when they get inside the red zone. So I do think there's going to be some big touchdown games coming. It's just not a strength of Amari Cooper to win in the red zone. We'll see about C.D. Lamb. But uh, big games are coming from, from Gallup in the touchdown department. And also, if you look at some of the big plays that Gallup has created in the first two weeks of the season... A lot of them have been brought back due to penalties, and they're not all his fault. So 
Um, he could easily have, you know, if we if we take out the the offensive pass interference call against the the Rams, he could easily already have a, a five catch, you know, one hundred and ten yard day in week one. And I think people are viewing him uh, very differently. Um, let's go through a couple trades that have happened really quickly for Michael Gallup. Um, and you tell me if this feels right, if it's too much or if it's too little. Love it. The first one is Michael Gallup and Matt Breda and Jordan Howard. So basically nothing outside <laughs> of Gallup for Brandon and Ayuk and Julian Edelman. Which side would you rather have there? Oh, so the the hardest part, obviously, is going to be the fact that uh, we haven't seen anything quite yet from Brandon Ayuk. And Julian Edelman, though he put up a, a career high in receiving yards last week, he's still uh, somebody that you need to project is going to retire at some point. Um, mm-hmm. I think if I'm in a win-now position, I probably feel more comfortable with Julian Edelman. Um, I think I'd probably stick with Julian Edelman's side. Really? Uh, okay. With the hopes uh, that Brandon Ayuk would would be Michael Gallup and that Julian Edelman will be an asset to help me win now. Okay, that's interesting. Um, here's a different one. Michael Gallup, a 2022 uh, first-round pick, and A.J. Dillon for Stephon Diggs and Brashad Perryman. That feels like too much to me. What do you think? Oh, that is so too—oh, wow. That is a—no, no, don't do that. Um, that's way too much and you know what I think we have the Stefan Diggs like beer goggles on right now Um, (laughs) he's looking so great as a Buffalo Bill he's being heavily targeted Um, Josh Allen has clearly uh, found a groove as a passer but I don't think we can expect a uh, a performance like this on a week-to-week basis from Stefan Diggs we've sort of seen the same thing in uh, Minnesota before where he pops up and then disappears again and he's he's prone to having big games but um i don't think we can expect 153 receiving yards and a touchdown every given week he buffalo's gonna have some tougher opponents coming up as well oh absolutely he's currently on pace for 1900 yards and eight touchdowns do you think that's sustainable (laughs) uh i'm gonna say no. i'm gonna say no i i think you have to um you know applaud uh the the former Diggs manager in this trade because he got a, a haul for Diggs and this is a really good time to uh, to market him around your league and see what which people are buying into the insane production. Yeah, uh, last one. Michael Gallup for Tyler Higby. Now this obviously depends on your tight end situation and uh, we're assuming here that the owner getting Tyler Higby is pretty weak at tight end, but what do you think about that one? Oh, is this tight end premium? Do we know? I don't think we know. Uh, I, we, I don't think we know. But I, I, I'm almost going to assume that it probably is, you know, just because you're, you're probably not trading a, a young receiver like Michael Gallup um, unless it is. But what do you think? If it is tight end premium, I'm actually going to roll with Higby, and I'm, I'm 100% biased. Uh, if anybody listening knows, I'm a huge, <laughs> huge Tyler Higby fan. Uh, he had me a little bit nervous in week one. I'm not going to lie. Uh, he was in as a blocker a lot, which, you know, I, I want to see my tight ends out there running routes. But he bounced back in such a major way in week two. Um, five targets, five receptions, 54 yards and three touchdowns. Um, he is clearly the tight end one for the team. There's no no question about that. And I think it, he gives you so much boom and upside um, that you can't really find outside of those elite mm-hmm. uh, Travis Kelsey's or, or Mark Andrews or 
Kels- you know, Kittles. Like, it's so hard to find that sort of upside at the tight end position. So I'll take any edge I can get there. Um, not that you can't find, uh, you know, value in, in Michael Gallup, but I don't know. I, I just believe in yeah. Higby that much. That's an interesting one. It, it certainly depends on your league, but I don't think it's a, an egregious trade either way. All right, Kate, I think we're going to have our first big disagreement mm-hmm. on the podcast. We really haven't had a fight yet, and it, it's time. So <laughs> let's go ahead and do it. I wrote down as a potential buy-low candidate, Joe Mixon. Uh, I think you're going to push back a little bit here. Yep. Why, why shouldn't you trade for Joe Mixon right now? So the issue is, you know, we've seen Joe Mixon get substantial volume over the past three seasons, um, 280 touches in 2018, 313 touches in 2019. Mm. And guess what? He still has not performed at the level that we want. Um, you know, I, I think the excuse from a lot of fantasy managers was, uh, you know, well, the, the offensive line stinks. It's garbage. Well, guess what? They they haven't done enough to address that offensive line for, for any of that to change. He's not a... Uh, He's not one of those guys that has a high touchdown rate, um, never exceeded nine touchdowns from scrimmage, um, whether that be receiving or or rushing. I just think, you know, why are we uh, continuing to torture ourselves here? It sort of reminds me of a very extreme version of me wanting Robbie Anderson to be a thing when he just was not a thing. Okay. I bought in every single year. I was like, this is the year. This is the year. Everything's going to be just right. Um, and it, it just never was the year. And I think how many times are we going to give this guy 250 plus touches before we realize that maybe he's, he's not fantasy relevant. All right. Let me make the counter argument here. So in, in dynasty, it's really hard to find running backs who have a consistent volume, who are locked into a role for the foreseeable future, Right. Uh, Joe Mixon just signed a contract extension with the Bengals that'll tie him to the team for the next, I think, three or four years. Um, You mentioned the touches. I don't see that changing anytime soon. There's nobody on the roster that's going to challenge him for touches. There's nobody who's going to help him split a backfield. In the first two weeks of the season, he's gotten 20 touches in both games. Uh, While he hasn't been as efficient as we want, uh, that touched or the, the volume does suggest that bigger games are coming. You mentioned the offensive line, and you're absolutely right. It's it's atrocious. Uh, but you would think that if the Bengals are a competent organization, and man, that's 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 a, a big stretch. if. Yeah, yeah, that they would potentially try to upgrade that offensive line to you know protect Joe Burrow and give him a chance. I think it's it's safe to assume they're probably going to invest more in their offensive line in the upcoming years, uh, and that should help mix it. And then the last thing is. He's tied to a quarterback that I think everybody believes is going to be really good. So you're just waiting for this Bengals offense to take the next step. And if they can become one of these teams that's consistently putting up a bunch of points and they're consistently in the red zone, I think the the number of you know end zone opportunities that Mixon is going to have is, is going to be you know twofold, threefold in the next couple weeks. So. I just believe that the volume, the long-term safety and security, and then I still believe in the talent level is all something, all of the reasons why I would be interested in trading for him right now, even if I have to give up uh, maybe a little bit more than what his production says. Do we have any concerns about the fact that Giovanni Bernard has, you know, clearly been the more favored 
uh, third down back. He's seen 12 targets. No, not really, though, because it's, I mean, they're, they've they been down in every game, right? Now, now you could say that they're going they're to gonna. probably be down at a lot. Yeah, I think, I think as this offense grows and as this team grows over the next 20 games, 24 games, I think they're going to be more competitive and that we'll probably see less of Geo, right? I should hope. I, you know, it's, it's one of those things. You just, don't, there's you just only, don't like mixing. I got There's it. only so many times I can touch a hot iron and get burned before <laughs> I stop touching the iron. Not speaking That's... from personal experience, of course, because I would have been a dumb child if that ever happened. Yeah, but, you well, know. I'll, I'm okay getting burned on this one because I do believe in the talent level of Joe Mixon. All right. Touch the iron, um, man. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll have to revisit this one in a few weeks. Um, all right, one more question about trades uh, before we move on. Um, listen, there's in a lot of my dynasty leagues, I'm in some big trouble at running back between Saquon Barkley being out, Raheem Mostart being out for a few weeks. Um, so I picked up Mike Davis. Uh, there's other leagues where I need to trade for a running back. Um, how do we value these running backs who are just going to be you know, a month filler for teams. Mike Davis is a good example. Jarek McKinnon. Um, what kind of dynasty value do these guys have uh, for teams that are contending? Uh, I think uh, you brought up a couple of interesting names. So uh, Mike Davis, for starters, uh, you know, obviously he's he's going to fill the role, um, you know, in, in Carolina. He's going to be the Christian McCaffrey the next Christian McCaffrey. Very excited about that. Um, he's uh, actually looked pretty decent as a receiver. Um, you know, historically, he hasn't seen a, a large volume of touches. Uh, the career high for him has been 146. But he did average five yards per touch on that. Uh, five touchdowns in that season with Seattle. Um, I think the most intriguing aspect of this for me is uh, just seeing his role as a as a receiver uh, against Tampa last week had eight targets, eight receptions, seventy four yards. That is essentially a uh, wide receiver that you can place in your RB spot. Um, mm-hmm. You know he's not fantastically old. He's not fantastically young either. Um, but he's a guy that you know in the right system has looked pretty decent. And I think we have to maybe consider the fact that uh, you know. We they, they figured out a system to make Christian McCaffrey an absolute monster. Not that he wouldn't be outside of this system, but uh, maybe they are are good at um, playing the running back position. And what if he is that guy? Yeah. Like, are there know. any free I, agents that you're concerned I, at this point or, or, are going to replace him yeah because i we just saw no, devonta freeman not. go to the giants so that that was sort of my biggest concern there um i don't think it, and maybe you could um you know agree or disagree here i don't think the panthers are like going for it in in year one here i think they're probably they're not. they're working on building a team um and i don't think that if you are you know maybe uh, pursuing, you know, a, a rebuild type situation, which I think they are. Why would you go out and sign, you know, a veteran back if you have somebody who's able to take the snaps, even if he doesn't do a ton with them? 
Yeah, I think my fear is that rational coaching will happen and that Joe Brady is going to, instead of just giving Davis the workload that Christian McCaffrey got, he's just going to split up the touches elsewhere. Maybe we see more of Curtis Samuel in the backfield. Uh, maybe we'll see more touches to DJ Moore you know, in the screen game to basically supplement a, a rushing attack. Uh, we'll see. Um, really quickly, Mike Davis, the most common trade right now we're seeing is a 2021 third-round pick. Uh, this is going to teams that need a running back for the next month or so. If you're a, if you're a competitive team and you're going for it this year, are you okay giving up a third-rounder next year? I, uh, I think I am um, in a full PPR format. Uh, all okay. comes down to, again, his uh, ability as a receiver, which, again, never seen a ton of volume, but he's capable, right? In Seattle, um, you know, he managed uh, 42 targets on a season, and he wasn't even the team's lead back. I think that's that's intriguing usage, and then we saw it immediately when uh, he stepped into the game. I, I think I'm willing to take that just on the guys that – uh, you know, maybe if it's uh, projected to be a, an early third, no, but mid to late, I'm willing to give that up because I know the hit rate for those picks um, is just it's generally so going to be lower. So yeah. I, I would rather if I'm a, a contending team, I would rather, you know, take that plunge because um, there are going to be plenty of opportunities within the season to uh, move some more draft picks and get that draft capital back. I agree. I, I think at that point, if you're you know contending, a late third round pick is nothing. I, I'm fine with that. Um, let's pause so I can tell you guys about my bookie. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code Locked On and double your first deposit at my bookie. New players get up to one thousand dollars in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Your winning season begins today, only at my bookie. Kate, we have just a, a few minutes left, so we're going to go through some uh, late-round bench stashes. And, you know, if you need a flyer, guys, I know everybody's rosters are hurting right now. Uh, so we have five guys that are probably sitting on your bench. Uh, maybe some of these guys are even in free agency, uh, and we think they could be in for big weeks. Uh, we'll just do 30 seconds on each. Um, let's start with your guy, Chase Claypool. Why is he an intriguing play this week? Uh, Chase Claypool actually is is looking fantastic. Uh, he hasn't played a ton of snaps, hasn't run a lot of routes, but he has been super productive when on the field, and Ben Roethlisberger seems to trust him uh, right off the bat here, which I, I've been sort of surprised to see um, some of his usage and just the, the risky throws that have been thrown his way, but he's uh, handled them like a vet, made some sick catches, uh, made some really big plays. And I think that, uh, you know, if I'm in a position where I'm hurting that badly for depth, like why not go for that upside? He's not going to have uh, all of these, you know, big uh, touchdown performances week to mm. week, at least not yet. Um, but I, I'd rather play a guy who I've seen do it recently, right? And Chase Claypool's done it recently. Yeah, and that Houston game projects to be, you know, a fairly high-scoring game. So, uh, you know, that's a good matchup for Claypool, and I can certainly see him having a nice day. Um, I'll give you one. I, I kind of like Adam Humphreys a little bit with A.J. Brown out in Tennessee. Uh, Humphreys has been solid, 11 receptions already this year, has gone over uh, 10 fantasy points in PPR leagues in back-to-back -back weeks. Uh, Minnesota secondary is pretty awful. Uh, so it would not be surprising if he had another, you know, five-catch, 60-yard day 
Maybe he scores a touchdown, uh, and you know he can fill in for you as a flex. Um, all right, let's give give me another one. Who who is somebody else that you could see having a nice day in week three? These are so gross, by the way. Um, <laughs> they don't they don't feel good. But I'm gonna Not go in full PPR formats. I'm gonna go with Cole Beasley. Um, he's a guy that we've seen, you know, pretty involved in the Buffalo Bills offense over the last two seasons. Uh, Josh Allen looks great as a passer, but. Uh, you know, despite the fact that we've seen, you know, Stefan Diggs and John Brown really involved, he's still been utilizing Cole Beasley as a, a possession receiver. So uh, seven targets in week one, six targets in week two, uh, 58 and 70 yards. That's not bad. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like he almost had a touchdown last week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was like one inch away like from a touchdown. It, super, yeah. super close. It, I just think, you know, if you are uh, going to believe in the fact that Josh Allen has, you know, maybe advanced as a passer, um, you know, Beasley's a guy that he's sort of looked to for those safer targets and those safer yards. He's a good value in PPR leagues. Yeah, I, I, that's not a bad one. I got one more. Um, <laughs> this is another gross one. How about Willie Sneed for the Ravens? Um, I always like to have at least one guy on Monday Night Football because it always gives you a chance, even if you're down 30 points or whatever, and there's no way that Willie Sneed's ever going to score 30 points in a game. But it's always nice just to have somebody in that final game that you can root for. Uh, Willie Sneed plays in the slot. Uh, we expect this to be a high-scoring game between Baltimore and Kansas City. Uh, maybe he gets a few, you know, end zone looks. Uh, you know, in week one, he had four catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. You'll take that any day. Uh, if you're really, really beat up at wide receiver and running back and you need a flex, uh, Willie Sneed's not a bad option. All right, Kate, give me one more before we head out. I am kind of feeling Michael Pittman hasn't done too much to flash as a rookie. Uh, rookie with the Indianapolis Colts now under Phillip Rivers. Uh, I think the opportunity is sort of intriguing here because he does uh, now have a, a little bit more uh, maybe room to room to grow. We saw him double uh, almost essentially his, his offensive snap percentage uh, from weeks one to week two. Uh, and now we see Paris Campbell uh, out on IR with, uh, you know, a, a banged up knee. Um you know, he faces the Jets secondary this week. How could you not be tempted to throw him into that lineup with, uh, you know, the the complete absence of uh, any viable players in their secondary? That's a that's a great option because I do think Pittman has a chance to be, you know, somebody who gets a, a touchdown or two or at least gets a couple looks in the end zone. T.Y. Hilton has been kind of disappointing in the first couple of weeks of the season. Maybe Pittman becomes a bigger part of their passing offense. I'll say I'm, I'm always a person that's sort of uh, leaning away from rookies uh, right off the bat. But apparently I'm feeling them this week with my uh, guys, Chase Claypool and, and Michael Pittman. Yeah, you're all in on the rookies. <laughs> That is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, remember, you can follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy week three, and good luck to all your dynasty teams.